Thought Bubble Audio. All right, we're doing it. Uh, welcome back to Loud Women. We are here to talk about uh, the much beloved and uh, feel-inducing episode four of Shrill on Hulu starring A. Bryant. Oh, okay. It was, it was triggering for me on a lot of levels. Really? Yeah. As some- Tell me a little bit about that. I feel like let's talk about this one like at a high level a little bit first because there was some serious sort of, I think, shit for all of us that was unpacked a bit in this episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, How was it triggering for you, Miss Tookie? Oh, boy. Just, you know, it really brought back a lot of um, body image stuff that I deal with, like, constantly. Like, uh, ooh, we're going to get straight into it, I guess. So two years ago... I think a few people uh, who uh, are, are uh, who have the misfortune of following me on social media know. Ooh, sorry, uh, know about an incident that happened at Disney World. Ooh, yeah. I don't know about what happened at Disney World. What happened? So my my boyfriend's mom uh, was attending a conference that happened to take place there, and we went down to join, and it was great. Uh, <sighs> sigh. But water parks, mm. yeah, what, the, the particular water park, the snow park, I don't know what it was called. It's like snow themed in Florida, which just, there's a ski, li- why? Anyway. There's something wrong about that. It, it's just a lot. Anyway, uh, so you're, you're at a water park and you're there and you're vulnerable, well, at least I am, because you're in your, your, your swimsuit, which is practically underpants, but lycra. And uh, I happened to overhear some comments made about me no. in my swimsuit that were that just like, yeah, like I had always heard comments or people would at least say them directly to me about my weight or my shape. Uh, and... You know, that it's it's one thing to have someone say it to your face, but it's another thing when it's someone who, or a group of people who, assume that you don't speak their language and can't understand them. And so, like, you know, one of them was saying, like, the rough translation would be like, oh, if I ever get as fat as that black woman, just kill me. Like, why would you leave the house looking like that? And I knew it was me they were talking about because I was like the only black person in our section of the line waiting for the water slide. So like ever since hearing that, it's been very difficult for me to be your face right now. But my jaw is literally on the fucking floor. I cannot believe I cannot believe you. First of all, that someone would say that and then that you also had to hear that. So sorry. Go ahead. So you were waiting in line and they were like behind you and her. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, unpleasant. And it's like, of course, not, you know, people are going to look at me and assume like I don't speak their language. (laughs) That's fine. Um, But yeah, it was just really, it was just really, really hard. It just brought me back to that place of like middle school snickering and mean girl. But to overhear that I am so far below the standard of beauty 
in some people's eyes. It's like, it was just really crushing. Like I, uh, since uh, from then I spiraled into like a pretty deep depression uh, because it was, it was just really hard. And it's like, I already feel bad enough about my own body because that's the way society programs women to think. So to have it confirmed in a way was just like really hard. And then so to see that pool party episode, even though she's in an environment that's essentially safe, the idea, even when I'm like out somewhere on vacation by the pool, just the idea of taking off that bathrobe from the hotel room, because we fancy, but taking off that bathrobe and then like showing my bare legs to the world my bare arms, like that's hard. And so I, I watched this episode with a sense of envy almost, uh, because these women were so comfortable and so happy and free. And like, and, and the crazy thing too, people look at me like I'm talking crazy right now because I'm like a size eight, 10, like I'm off the rack. The clothes in my size exist in stores, but yet I'm still made to feel like I'm not enough, like I'm grotesque because I'm shaped a certain way. I think that's why so many people related with this episode, because no matter where you are on that size scale, I think it's sort of a universal experience as women that we are to some degree like mildly traumatized when we take off our clothes and are wearing a bathing suit, no matter what you look like. Um, I, that's, you know, and I think we can recognize a certain amount of privilege being sort of, yeah, like I'm a size, you know, 14, I can still buy clothes at, you know, normal stores. I think we're, yeah, we're, we're sort of, we don't have quite as extreme of an experience as some of the women in that scene. And so I think the fact that we even identify with that was so much sort of pain and like repression of, of, you know, we've never been able to feel so comfortable, um, I think everybody can relate to that experience, uh, no matter where you are on the scale. So, um, I can't believe that happened to you. I, I can't believe somebody, um, that's, that's sort of a, a nightmare. Uh, and I think everyone, that's what everyone's afraid of when they take off their, you know, their cover up and are wearing their bathing suit. And to have somebody actually say that is, uh, is really mortifying. And I'm, I'm so sorry because I can't imagine how much that would, um, stick with you. To actually hear those words I yeah it, it's just wild because maybe they thought or the the woman who said it thought she was being nice by saying it in her own language rather than in something that she assumed that I could understand uh but I could you're welcome <laughs> yeah um I, oh god I, did I, I just make this whole episode sad I made it sad no no because no because because I think we felt that jealousy watching the scene because we all want to have that feeling of freedom and that feeling of not even having to worry about it at all. Right. Like we're all that little like child version of Annie at the motel in the dark by herself who just wants to enjoy the pool. Right. And you know, I've never had an experience where someone's been that blatant, but I think, um, I of course have that feeling every time I take off a cover up at a beach because you know, as somebody who is, uh, is plus size, you're almost, you always feel like you're in the minority, whether Mm -hmm. or not that's true. You always feel like people are looking at you and you always feel like people are sizing you up and you're always in the back of your mind, 
Like, am I the fattest one at this pool? Am I the biggest one at this pool? I'm surrounded by, you know, I've always had all my friends have always been so tiny primarily. Like I'm friends with mostly small, a lot of small women. And so I'm always, I feel like I'm always the, the, the biggest one in the bunch. And I'm like, Oh, are people looking at me because I don't fit in with these people? Um, and so every time you're at a pool or at a beach, you have this dialogue, this monologue running through your head of all of this criticism and all of this. I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what people are saying. Um, and so I think we can all relate with that idea of just being able to be fully free and fully comfortable to just dance mm-hmm. and enjoy and drink a frozen margarita and, um, and have that experience because I've never had that experience of just being comfortable to take, just be in the bathing suit. Um, and I don't know how many people have. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that level of comfort is not something that's just readily afforded to women in particular. I think, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of people need to consider that. And I feel like, I don't know if it should be said or go without saying or whatever the turn of phrase is here, but I think people who have never been overweight also cannot understand that paranoia that happens where it's like, am I being watched? Cause even, cause even now, um, I think people, people who look at me now don't realize that I had been much, much heavier and that the heavier me still exists sort of in my brain. And so even in certain cases where maybe I am not physically the largest person in the room, I still feel that way. I still feel Mm -hmm. like there are eyeballs on me. It's almost like once that way of thinking has been put into your brain it's hard to deprogram yourself from thinking like that and so it's it's almost completely separated from reality right it doesn't matter what you actually look like because you're always going to have that those doubts running through your head yeah yeah and and uh i i just i want if any woman comes up to me and complains about gaining weight i'm calling the police like i (laughs) i'm tired of y'all tired so let's uh let's get into the the meat of the episode a little bit and just talk through some of the things that that happened because we did actually have a i i was re-watching this episode this morning and i forgot how much happened in this episode because i sort of was thinking about it only from the the pool party perspective and i was like oh wait there was a whole lot of shit they pack so, so much into every episode they always do it's the show is like boom 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 they I don't know. They managed to to hover on a really significant topic for a while, but it also so much plot happens. Anyway, so this episode, she woke up alone in bed and Lamar had left, sadly. But like even just seeing her face when she rolled over and had this cute little post-it note from her or that he had left her and how how happy that made her and that like genuine smile that we don't see from her very often. It's sort of, for me, it reminded me how shitty Ryan is. And I was like, come on, you deserve somebody that actually makes you smile. Like, this is so stupid. I just say she needs to get a visa, go to the UK, (laughs) and get back on top of some Nutella dick. I'm just saying, like, I, I fully support this swirl relationship. Yes. I mean, there was clearly like that look of that girl had was satisfied. There was no question. She was, she was pleased. And I'm just saying interracial couples eat for free at Waffle House. Take advantage. (laughs) 
That's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> so it was, so I loved, I loved the scene where she goes downstairs and is talking to Fran about it. And he had already told, he'd already told Fran. And so Ugh. she knew. And he didn't even have to tell her. I thought that the way that scene, I was, I was cringing the whole time. All of my muscles were very tight watching that. I was like, Oh, wait, are we okay? Are we laughing? Fran, you're kind of keeping everything close to the chest. I don't know if this is a problem or are we good? Is that a sibling uh, thing though, to tell your brother or sister that you banged somebody that may or may not exactly. be their friend? That was what the fine, I felt like that was the fine line. Even when Fran was like, no, we're good. Like, how are you feeling? And she, and Annie was like, oh yeah, we good. I was like, wait, no, ew, gross, uh, gross. And, and Fran clearly was like, there is a boundary. We have to figure out what these boundaries are. Because <laughs> um, clearly she was like, yeah, I got fucked last night and it was good. And Fran was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So, uh, but I, but it was, I felt like we only, we, we only hovered on this for just a mere moment. And then they, before they moved back on to Ryan, and that made me really sad. I said, "Can we just let her have this this happiness and this thing for just a minute before we ruin it?" Uh, Ryan. I wish the focus wouldn't shift so quickly back onto him. It's always about him. Uh, the uh, the ignorant bag of expired meat. Uh, that one, I was I was like, "Friend, you had that one locked and loaded for a minute." I liked that insult. Yeah, he's not great. He he and that beard. Second, it. it just needs some friggin' beard oil and a hair. I was talking to a friend this weekend who's like, "That Ryan's really hot, though. And I was <gasps> like, he has the potential to be hot. right." I think you disagree. I, you might disagree with me on this, but I think he at his at his core is a. It could be hot, but it's just the hair needs to be washed. Yes, the beard needs to be oiled, and then there's there's something there's some potential there. Uh, can- so I don't I, I don't think he's all bad physically. I mean, he can upgrade from, you know, a jar of plain mayonnaise to maybe garlic aioli, maybe some Miracle Ooh. Whip. <laughs> he can get upgraded. Yeah, I, I think he could be qualified as a garlic aioli. So <laughs> um, I, I really, I feel like we're starting to see over and over again, Fran trying to put her foot down. Mm. And um, it really got me thinking about how I think we've all been in the situation where our friends are dating somebody that is clearly not suitable for them and is clearly not treating them well. And I think that's such a challenge of adulthood. And I feel like I have this conversation with friends of mine all the time that when you're younger, it's easy to be like, now, you know, he sucks. Don't talk to him, whatever. But as you get older and you mature and you realize that relationships are more complicated, I think it's really, it's a hard line to draw when your friends are doing something that's bad for them. Because it's like you're an adult, you can make your own choices, uh, but some guys really suck. Yeah, and then I think media always kind of portrays that dynamic as the friend with like discernment and, and good judgment, a good judge of character is is portrayed to be the hating ass bitch, right? Mm. Like, oh, you just some jealous hating bitches. No, like he sucks. He sucks. He will take your money. He sucks. <laughs> like he definitely takes money from his grandmother. Like he's that kind of guy where he goes into gra- his grandma's purse oh, and takes some cash out of her wallet. Of course he does. <laughs> but no, it's true. It's women can't. It's 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 um it's one of those things where yeah you do you are portrayed as the jealous person and and that's what's sort of interesting about Fran being a lesbian is like no she's getting hers she's fine Fran is there is no level of jealousy. Uh, it's just she she's trying to articulate some um, 
some good sense for her, but she's not hearing it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I appreciate that they didn't write Fran to be a trope of being the extra sassy black sidekick, right? And so it's, it's, it's refreshing to see a certain level of humanity because it's like, no, not every black woman is like, don't take him, girl. Like mm. there, you know, you see the hesitation, you see where she, I, I don't like it, but you see where she relents in some cases and kind of just mm-hmm. allows him to be around in Annie's space and everything. And it's like, yeah, that's, a, that's a real thing. Like, oh, look at that. The full spectrum of human emotion. Ah, <laughs> it's amazing. So actually I, just to, just to get into that for a quick second, do you feel, you know, that's one of the criticisms I've seen a little bit online is some people are saying they feel like some of the people of color in the show are portrayed as very, um, in very sort of stereotypical ways. Is that something that you think is the case? Or do you feel like as at least with Fran, do you feel like she's, they did a really good, they did a good job writing her or what are, what are your thoughts on There's that? There's more depth to her than just the sassy sidekick, I think. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. And she has like her own, they're small. I wish they would expand them, but of course the episodes are only half an hour, but she has her own story arcs too. You know, she, she, uh, you know, they give us a glimpse into her own relationships and how she deals and what makes her tick. So she's actually fleshed out in a way and not just like, you know, oh, I'm the secretary at the desk with the long nails. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, I I, I felt like she was, uh, she's a pretty well-rounded character and I've really, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this character. So uh, so, so moving back to her sort of office life, we get back to, uh, Dan Savage light, uh, uh, and his, his, his crusade against fat people. Uh, uh, this was, this was painful to watch. So when he's talking about the new, the new preventative health benefits and how they're going to do office exercise, you know, sometimes I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay this is so extreme, right? This isn't, this is a caricature. This isn't real. But at the same time, I also think that they're using his character to reflect the messages that we're getting, Mm -hmm. right? So we don't always hear in those clear of terms that society hates us, but his character is saying that is, is reflecting what we hear from all of these messages. Like they're all consolidated through, through him. Oh yeah. Uh, And in the most, extreme he's more shrill than annie than if anything honestly he, it's he's true. shrill as fuck yeah if we're talking about caricatures and people that are written in a stereotype it's a little bit of this guy uh <laughs> this is this is really a a difficult character to to relate to or to appreciate but um i think it, it's the reason his character is so painful for me to watch is it does feel like, okay, this is a consolidation of everything society is telling me, but imagine that coming from your boss, like the person who pays your checks and who is your mentor and who is teaching you how to be in an industry. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's sort of a painful thing to watch. Yeah. It's just, what really grates my skin is the coded language he uses too. It's just like, why don't you just put straight up no fatties in your Tinder profile, dude? Like, (laughs) God, it really is. It's that language of talking about health and I'm concerned for your health and productivity. And it's like, no, that's not what you're concerned about. You just don't like fat people. They make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true that coded language that, that we hear everywhere. 
And I, I completely resent the whole lazy body, lazy mind mantra that he seems to uh, uh, adhere to that mindset. Uh, Cause that's not true. That's not true. You look at Annie, she's not a slob. She is not right. A lot of overweight people are not these disgusting, slobby messes that the the media wants to portray them as, or that people inter like this idea that people internalize. It's not the case. We're not that at all. Yeah, it's just it's such a horrible stereotype, and to to hear somebody say that in the workplace is. Um is really disturbing. So they go outside and then, and Ryan is there. And before we start talking about the conversation with Ryan, I want to acknowledge in the cinematography of the show, they do a lot of something that I like to call clog glamour shots. Uh, they really just do a nice pull out where they've got a really wide shot. And the feature is just how beautiful A.D. Bryant's clogs are. And um, I think that the real star of the show is is 80s shoes um she really has some amazing clogs that i want all of them and so in this scene when they were queuing up her and ryan to have this big confrontation all i could think was like damn those clogs those are some good looking clogs this is like clog porn right now i love this so has she anyway has she has wardrobe been tagged in any of their instagram I need to I need to do a little bit of digging and follow up here because I need to understand where these clogs come from. Which reminds me, we should also note that uh, the garments on this show are reflective of the fashion industry's attitude towards larger women because they had to be custom made. So that says a lot about how the fashion world does not they're capable but they just don't want to give access to certain styles and clothes and whatever else uh, and trends uh, to large women like that that's a big deal that's a really big deal the fact that these really nice clothes that you see on these characters had to be hand sewn custom made because they just refuse it's it's not that they can't they just Clothing manufacturers just refuse to make bigger than a size 16, let's say. The, I, we could do a whole episode on this, too, because there's there's been a lot of research done recently, and a lot of really great uh, great journalists are reporting on this stuff. Um, Amanda Mull is one I follow on Twitter, and she writes about this topic a lot. Uh, M-U-L-L is her last name. She talks to a lot of different fashion brands and does a lot of pushing to uh, to understand why brands aren't offering more inclusive sizing, but... Yeah, I think it's a huge, a huge red flag mm. that the costume team on the show had to custom make a lot of this stuff because there just wasn't enough options to achieve what they were looking to do. So, uh, but you know what? Clogs, uh, clogs are uh, plus size, you know, agnostic. It, do- <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> what size your body's uh, body is. You can still wear a good clog. Uh, but yeah, I think we should talk about this more at some point because this is definitely a really interesting, interesting topic. Yeah, um, I think Shrill... Um, more than anything, highlights the fact that there is <laughs> there's clearly a market for some fashions, for some lips. Yes. Season two, I would love them to talk a little bit more about that, too. Actually, they, they touched on this a little bit in the episode, but we'll, we'll get to this in a minute. Uh, I want to just get through, finish talking about that Ryan meltdown that we Ugh. had, that we saw where he, when, she, when he found out that she had sex with somebody else. <sighs> I, that was like the most cringy rant, and I was watching this. 
And I'm just like, how can you see this person as a potential partner? Because they do not have any emotional intelligence. Like he has the emotional intelligence of a child. This feels really bad. Like I didn't know I was making you feel like this. Like you, do you have any awareness whatsoever of your, how your interact, how your actions make other people feel? We never said we were exclusive. Screw you. Screw you. But then, but then when she turns around and treats you the same way that you've been treating her and gives you that same energy, oh, I don't like this. Please. It was horrible. It's, it's like, this is, I I could not understand how she would ever want to go back to somebody like this after that conversation. I was like, this is a man, baby. None of us deserve to be with this type of person. So after we wrapped up with Ryan, uh, we got to move on into the best part of this episode where they walk into the magical fantasy land of the fat babes pool party did you have did you have feelings like i did when they first just walking in and how it was like fat girl disney like it was like disney world it was pretty much all the princesses in their fluffy glory and i was here for it everybody was glowing oh my god Everyone was just feeling themselves. It was beautiful. One of the things that I... Great. Yes. One of the things I loved about our conversation with Allie was we asked her specifically about this scene. And one of the things that she mentioned was originally when they were talking about the scene, they were thinking about it in more of like a janky like motel pool or something that was was not nearly as as glamorous. And I love the sort of direction that they ended up taking with it. Um because it was so powerful and it really uh it really made you made you feel something i appreciate them not putting it in some shitty motel somewhere like yeah no 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 okay you're not giving me you're not giving me you're not about to serve me some holiday inn express ass <laughs> kitty pool teas okay i want i want what is that the saint regis pool Okay, yes. rooftop deck with Cabana Boy service. And that's what they gave me, and I love it. I loved it. And I like that she, she walked in, and she is wearing, like, the fat girl summer uniform of slightly mm. cropped pants with a full shirt. Like, I feel like we've all had moments where <sighs> we have been, or we know that person who isn't comfortable wearing shorts or a dress or whatever, and or we've all had the moments where we've done it ourselves, where we're wearing something that is visibly uncomfortable. Like everyone around us knows we're uncomfortable, but we're like, no, it's, it's fine. I just, I just like wearing jeans. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Because, because long capris, uh, clam diggers as they are called pedal pushers. Yes. (laughs) Fashion. No no one wants to wear those. So I, it, 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 I related to her so much in that moment of just of being like, yeah, no, I'm, I like my jeans. It's totally fine. Nothing weird is happening. It's 90 uh, degrees, but like, this is heavy denim. It's fine. Yes, exactly. And I, you know, back to, back to sort of the fashion conversation. One of my favorite little pieces of this episode was when she was at the bar getting a margarita and she met somebody and she was like, I love, I love your skirt. And they started talking about how hard it is just to find basics, Mm. right? Just to find basics. And, um, she said, she's just been looking for a plain good skirt for a long time, but instead she always, it's always like some cutesy shit covered with Eiffel tower postage stamps. And I think that's so true is 
they make stuff in a larger size and then all of a sudden they're like oh do you want kitty print on it like do you want cat paws and it, no just give me a fucking skirt i just need a plain skirt um but i feel like that was a, a low-key dig at mod cloth <laughs> that's actually really true because i do like mod cloth but they also really do lean into the, the oh yeah cutesy shit oh yeah here especially here's a bunch of cats to help camouflage your ass thank you Right. It's like, well, if you're going to be fat, you also must love cats, which I do. But that is not related to my body size. Cats are just great. So fuck off making those two things correlate. <laughs> so I, I really appreciated that. And this is one of those topics that I think they only scratch the surface of in the show. And I hope that if we get a season two, we talk a little bit more about the fashion piece of it. Because that's mm. such a big piece of all of our lives and experiences. You know, I think people underestimate just how important feeling good about your clothes and how they make you look is uh, well at least in our society here right like they have the saying clothes don't make the man but when you know you look good it just it brings something out of you right it it, you know it changes your whole affect Mm -hmm. and so it's sad to me that plus size women just aren't afforded that same little bit of happiness like why is everything a potato sack why is everything past the size 16 18 shapeless right Mm -hmm. like it should not have to be like that and it's it's so true and it because you're right it's when you feel good in something it makes you feel more confident and it and those two things can feed each other Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when we're not given that opportunity to wear stuff that makes us feel confident it does impact sort of how you feel feel about yourself um it's this not, whole episode oh i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead well i was gonna say it's not impossible to cut fabric in a in the same way in a larger size that's also flattering to a larger woman and it shouldn't it, it's not more expensive either side eye target i love target but they're being problematic because like why is one dress in a size medium 24.99 and a size 2x 27.99 it that's super problematic that's a big problem um, one of the things I was thinking about a lot during this episode is one of the things that Lindy West talked a lot about in her book was the scientific fact that looking at fat women's bodies makes you feel more comfortable with them. Whether you're a fat woman yourself or you're a man or you are a skinny person, uh, there is something scientific about if you spend more time looking at women in their bodies, you will become more comfortable with it. And that's what I felt was so beautiful about this episode is for fat people, it made us feel seen and heard and important and beautiful. But for everybody else that's watching it, it gives, it sort of reinforces this idea subliminally, I guess not so subliminally in this Mm. episode, but it reinforces that idea that other bodies exist, right? Because we just don't see those on TV. And so if we have more examples of larger women enjoying their lives and just being normal and doing normal things. Um, that's going to make a big difference on all of us. I mean, everybody just go to a museum and look at Renaissance paintings of women and statues of Aphrodite with all her back rolls, right? All her, (laughs) all her biscuit eating glory. Cause you know, you don't get that kind of bat fat from not eating some biscuits, whatever ancient Greek biscuits existed, but just, (laughs) I'm just saying, Go to a museum, 
and admire these women's bodies like these painters had done too. Mm -hmm. It changes our all of our brain chemistry, I think, to see these images on a more regular basis. Don't look at the so. babies, though. Medieval and Renaissance baby paintings are horrible. Uh, why is very creepy? Why is the, why is this a handsome baby like that? <laughs> are you trying to make this baby hot? What are you doing? What I is happening? <laughs> he has a chiseled jawline. This is gross. <laughs> that and horses it's like why are why are we making babies and horses so hot I don't, uh, this is uncomfortable right uh <laughs> every but, medieval uh, baby looks like handsome squidward from spongebob oh my god <laughs> so one of the uh one of the things that Allie mentioned in our conversation with her was how they almost cut this underwater shot uh, where Aidy jumped in the water and was swimming amongst everyone's legs and butts and bellies and um, because it was really expensive. And they didn't. And as a viewer, I am so happy that they didn't because I think that speaks to exactly what we were just talking about of let's show more bodies mm. in a really happy, normal way. Like they would be shown in any other movie, right? Like in any other TV or movie, you would see a scene like that and it would just be normal. And so let's get more of that. Um, and it was, it, it's so contributed to this fantasy land vibe of her just being in this like underwater, you know, fantasy world. Uh, and it just really brought you into the moment I felt. It was just, I think it was one of the most beautiful scenes on television, like, ever. Just from the colors and, and the blocking, like, where people were staged and everything. Like, you open it, you open up on that scene, and it is just, like, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory of butts and boobs. And it was awesome. <laughs> that might be the title of this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it's true. It was, the way it was shot, it was done with, it was done with such care and such, respect and reverence and um it could have so easily been cheesy or tacky mm -hmm. and it just wasn't so um all in all loved the scene i felt strongly about it the same way everybody else in the media did i felt really good about it um yeah, it was a five-star episode for sure more of this uh so lastly we wrapped up uh of course we gotta gotta bring it to a to a sad place uh, no. when she had to go back to she realized she was late for forced fun honestly at that point I would not have shown up I would have just been like fuck that I am not going I am late this is stupid but she went uh, and of course Dan Savage Light was being himself Savage and, <laughs> and yeah and just just sort of ripped her a new one in the in the same way that you, he clearly had been waiting to give her this monologue and to tell her to tell her how he feels about this stuff uh he, this had clearly been bubbling under the surface for him for a while and he was excited to have an excuse to unload on her mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so, it's crazy because she's a good employee she does her job and her his only gripe like, or his only grudge against her is her weight mm -hmm. and it's it's really transparent so when she went home and was talking to fran and the woman from the party, which Fran is amazing. Fran gets what she wants. Like she walked up to that woman and was like, I'm really high. And the woman was still like, yeah, all right, that's fine. What's her skincare routine? It's got to be like a 10 step Korean skincare. K -beauty oh my God. Situation I know. Because, oh, oh, she looked good. I'm not so even good. gay. And I'm like, yeah, Fran could, Fran could get it. Fran has big dick energy. Like Shaw. I am, I am like, I would get down with like, I'm so confident, so much swag. Anyway, just. Respect to Fran for getting whatever she wants. I would sit on Fran's face. 
just saying nice for the record let's for the, let record. the record show uh so that that speech that little impromptu speech that uh that 80 gave in that moment i think all it was it came right up to the line of being melodramatic but i don't think it crossed it mm-hmm. i think it was it, there was a moment where i was like all right let's not oh, let's keep it let's keep it close because i was i was that was the one moment that I was like, all right, let's not get a little too preachy about it. But it was so true. And she articulated what I think you and I have been talking about a lot. Um, and what we're all thinking about is just how all of these things are, all of these ideas are pushed upon us and how we constantly feel like we're not enough. We constantly feel like we're not good enough. Um, and she said it in a way, you know, I could be a, the, the, I could be a fucking nutritionist because, you know, when you are overweight, those things, you're thinking about them constantly yeah. from when you were young to it is it is going through your mind all hours of the day. And we have not seen that mentality or that thought process clearly articulated on screen. I've never seen it articulated in that way before. I think um, they did a brilliant job in terms of bringing over the source material onto the show there because that's a that's a huge portion of Lindy West's memoir. The Hello, I Am Fat. That's a There's a whole chapter on that. And it's like, yes, it's it w- this is more condensed version, obviously, for TV viewing purposes, but they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. And you could feel A.D. Bryant's emotion just completely just ooze through the Annie character and 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 I I'm not a crier but I sniffled a little bit yeah it was it it was so true um that expression of that monologue was so honest uh and you know that she as an actress has experienced this and this is something that she probably had a hand in writing because it is something that we relate to and that we all we all experience so when she stormed off and uh i liked when she poked back in and was like i don't want to end on that note yeah this was a really good day it was that was a cute 80 moment that i could tell i was like oh that's that's her sensibility um but when she sat down to write that um i was that was another one of the moments in the show where you're just sitting there as an as a viewer like yes let's do it like you're about to you know totally just ignore you know get yourself in trouble but also put something out there that needs to be heard and and needs to be articulated so um solid ending went to a dark place but but solid ending yeah beautiful beautiful job beautiful job in terms of the writing staff and beautiful in terms of just like show you know letting us peer in on this really vulnerable intimate moment where she's talking with her bff and best friend's possible new girlfriend about this very excuse me about this sentence over about these very real feelings that exist in so many just millions and millions and millions of women and these feelings no no race or religion it's it's very universal especially when you're living in a society like america where we're very image conscious and where women essentially have to, what I had heard um, is like women are encouraged to lose weight as a form of obedience in a way, mm. like to show that we're obedient. Like we have to, we have to lose weight and look a certain way as a form of obedience. And so it's like, yeah, in living in this world where you are expected to conform and follow suit and that if your body for whatever reason medical personal whatever doesn't 
you are you are bad you are other you are shunned right and 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 no one thinks about the human being inside the body mm-hmm. anymore and you're right it's it's so it's such a universal experience that isn't reflected in our entertainment and so to to hear that that was to hear that perspective that was clearly so clearly written by a woman who has had those experiences it felt very personal to everyone that watched it i think and this show this episode specifically was such a really from start to finish handled with care written delicately shot delicately with so much respect for women and women's bodies so and i hope everyone under 150 pounds learned something i hope this mm-hmm. was an edge well i mean okay one seventy five. Everybody under yeah. Everybody with a BMI less than twenty four. Let's say that. I hope <laughs> they were educated in a way from the, from watching this episode. I think so too. This is a good episode too. If you have a friend or if you have somebody that's maybe not going to watch the whole series, to just say just watch one episode. I watched this one actually with my husband this morning, who hasn't. He's he's been he's going to binge it when I'm uh when I'm out of town for work next week. But he he watched this one episode with me, and he was like. I, I could tell that it really resonated with him. And so I think this is a good one to recommend to people. If, if you, if they are only going to watch one episode, this is a good one that, um, that really speaks, speaks some truth. Absolutely. Cosign. All right. So that was our recap of episode four guys. We will be back next Friday to talk about episode five. Uh, in the meantime, keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter at Loud Women Pod. You can follow Tookie on Twitter at Tookie Monster. I'm Don't do at, it. Don't do it. Do it. Problematic fave. Follow me at Hi, this is Marissa. Shoot us an email if you want us to talk about anything specific. You have any feedback at loudwomenpod at gmail. And subscribe. And uh, guys, if you could rate and review, take like two seconds to just do it. Uh, it actually really helps us find people. And the more folks find us, the more we are able to get cool guests and things like that on the show. Uh, and tell your friends about the show if they're watching Shrill. Um, tell them to come listen to us. So thank you guys so much for listening. And We'll talk to you next Friday. Do it because we love you. Okay, bye. We love you. Bye.